This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Unexpected detours. Yep, we've all experienced them, these unexpected detours in our lives. When we're traveling or on a certain schedule, uh, they can cause us discouragement and distraction because we feel delayed from our destination. Uh, Not too long ago, I was traveling on a Sunday morning to speak at three services at a church in North Houston. I set my GPS, left in plenty of time to arrive early. But unbeknownst to me and to my GPS, an entire stretch of the freeway was closed that day. I had to exit, find another GPS that would recalibrate the trip and give me a different route. The same thing happens in our own lives. We have dreams of doing great things. Then things happen that cause us to lose sight of those things that God has called us to do. We find ourselves journeying far from the path we thought that God had for us. You know, every boy, every girl, they, they dream of great things in their lives. But life takes its, to- takes its toll at times when we go through experiences, we go through challenges, we go through obstacles, we get the wind knocked out of us, we get you know, those places where discouragements have settled in and, and we become disillusioned, and then we lose sight of our vision of destination and hope. So these unexpected detours do come in life, but it's what we do with them. Are we allowing God to help us recalibrate in the midst of these detours? You know, I was thinking not too long ago, as you know, uh, at the end of 2018, thinking about, you know, the Christmas season, and, and I remember going back to Matthew and remembering the, the birth of Jesus, and it talks about that he was born in Bethlehem, and that the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph and Mary to leave Israel to go to Egypt because Herod was killing all the babies. And uh, that's an atrocity that, of course, we see even today, the shedding of innocent blood in the world today. But in that time, the angel of the Lord warned Joseph and Mary to take Jesus to Egypt. And then after Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and Mary again and said, "Uh, by the way, Herod's gone, so come on back to Israel, go back to Israel. When they got back, interestingly, the angel of the Lord appeared again to Joseph and Mary and said, oh, by the way, the one who is in Herod's place is worse than Herod. So now go to a place called Nazareth. Now, at first I thought about this over the years. Why why would God change his mind? But the reality is God didn't change his mind. It was a divine intervention of God. And sometimes God doesn't give us the, the path completely because we would try to outthink God. God had to take them from point A to point B to point C, all the way to point Z, uh, to A, B, C, to Z, to get us to the path he really wanted them to get to. So he gets them back to Israel. They get there, but says, but by the way, the one who's in Herod's place is worse than the one uh, than, than Herod. So now go to Nazareth. But here's the issue, interesting thing. It goes on to say, so that it might be fulfilled. Ultimately, When our eyes are fixed on the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, God has a plan far beyond what the the seeming uh, delay or detour looks like to us or or what we might think is an obstacle. We become discouraged in that moment, but if God before us, who can be against us? Sometimes God allows certain things to happen in our lives to get us to the next point He wants us to get to. You know, I was thinking about, and I shared before about the Japanese term called the art of kintsugi. And that through our challenges, through our brokenness, the value 
that comes out of that is far greater than the original uh, the, the original teacup or the original situation. So many times we think that we are broken. We think that our experiences have caused a detour, a distraction. But out of those, we get life experiences. I'm always sharing with my own family and others that every life experience, if we learn from them, uh, becomes a life message. And we can learn from these life experiences and these li- that be- become a life message because it doesn't just help us, it helps others when we learn from these life experiences. So every life experience can become part of our life message. So these unexpected detours, though, uh, sometimes if we're not careful, we can let the be- wind be knocked out of us and we end up losing our vision of hope. That's a, a key component for all of us, that we do not lose our vision of hope or a vision of destination, regardless of the detours that come. Unexpected detours and unexpected disruptions can be discouragements that distract us from our intended destination. During these kinds of times, it's important to remember that God has not forgotten us even through these unexpected detours in our personal lives or in the lives around us. He has a plan and a purpose that is far greater than the temporary circumstance that seems to plague us at the moment. His word over our lives is true, and he's faithful to complete it. So focusing on our disappointments can lead us into disillusionments, but God's love never disappoints. Greatness is not something that we're born with. It's something we step into. When I was detoured that Sunday morning and, and driving in unfamiliar territory on this bypass and these different roads to get me to my ultimate uh, destination, I passed a billboard with the words that said, Uncommon and Uncompromising. I realized God was trying to speak to me even through that billboard and through my temporary delay because I was being detoured. And so when confronted with unexpected detours in our lives, there are always uncommon and uncompromising men and women who arise in greatness for the moment. We've seen this over and over again in the past years, and as we've seen in different communities around the world, we see that have experienced hurricanes, wildfires, mass shootings, other disruptions and, and, and detours. And yet we've seen common people who themselves have suffered so much, yet they choose to rise to the moment and sacrificially serve others. You know, it says in Haggai chapter 2, Uh, Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Zehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According uh, According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. That's Haggai chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. In those verses, God exhorts us with four powerful reminders in these unexpected delays in our lives or obstacles or or temporary setbacks. He says, one, be strong and work. Why? For I am with you. There's something about knowing, and you can be strong, and you can keep doing what God's called you to do when you know that you know that God says, I am with you. I want to pause for a moment because I'm thinking about some areas in Scripture that Jesus reminds us and gives us promises. He says, I am. So we just said here, the Lord says, I am with you. Well, here it is in the New Testament. The Lord says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread which came from heaven. I am the living bread. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. 
I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. You know, the Lord speaks of this throughout Scripture, that He says, I am the I am. I am that I am. So in this moment, we're just like in Haggai chapter 2, when we're going through challenges or these, these detours or, or distractions or obstacles, remember to be strong and keep working, for the Lord says, I am, the I am, is with you. And He's all these things we need. He's our bread of life. He's our, he's our bread that came from heaven. He's our daily provision. He's our living bread. He's, he's the light to the world. He's the, he's the good shepherd. He is the door. He's, he's our doorway into the place of victory. He's the one who protects us, opens doors no man can shut. He's the one that shuts the doors that need to be shut so that no man can open. We have to trust in the Lord and put all of our hope and trust in Him. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, in one of my books called Born to Die That We May Live, which is about the work of the cross, I, I talk about in that book that, that He is the way out of our Egypt or our past. He is the truth when confronted in the wilderness of our life in Mount Sinai, the place of truth. And it's what we do with the truth that determines the expediting or the postponing of our uh, of our blessing to enter into the place of promise of God. Many times we're confronted with the truth, but we don't have a love for the truth. So God is the, the, he's the way out of our past. He's the way out of the pains. He's the way out of our, our worldliness. He's the way out of, of our Egypt. He's the truth in our desert times. He's the truth at that place of Mount Sinai. God gives us these Mount Sinai moments where his revelation of himself comes to us. And it's what we do at that moment. Do we respond according to the flesh or do we respond according to the Spirit of God and to truth? Second Thessalonians 2 is a great reminder to me. Often it says, look, it says that many will be given over to strong delusion because they did not have a love for the truth. There's something about having love for the truth, even when it doesn't feel good. You know, I've shared before that um, when I was in the fitness business many, many years ago, we used to say, no pain, no gain. Now I say, Lord, make it hurt so good. In other words, I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow in my life. I want to grow in disciplines. I want to grow so I can be victorious and successful. But that doesn't happen if we just if we just kind of ask God to be our sugar daddy in the sky, or if we if we're just looking and in, in, in thinking ethereal in ethereal ways and hoping things will happen. No, it's not what we hope would happen. It's what we do to align ourselves with God, trusting God. And to be strong and keep working because we know that He is with us. He's the way out of our past. He's the way out of the world. He's the truth when confronted in our desert moments at the Mount Sinai of our life. And He's the life in the promised land. God always has a destination for us to go to. He never takes us from one place without promising us to take us to another, no matter what the circumstances may look like. Now, uh, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I was born in Japan. My mother was Japanese, and, and you know, the scripture where it says that the 12 spies went into the promised land, and uh, they all came back, and, and every one of them said that uh, the land was exactly what God says it was. In other words, they weren't atheists. And, and so they all came back and said, you know, God gave us a promise of this plan, land called Canaan, a promised land. And the reality is, is that it is exactly like he says it is. But here's what's interesting. Even though they recognized God spoke, God gave a promise, and God was right about what the land was going to look like and be like, 10 of those 12 spies had some doubting. They said, you know, it's everything God says it, 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 it is, and it's a land of flowing with milk and honey, but there's always the but some doubters. But the giants in the land are so big, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. 
Now, you know, if you see yourself as a grasshopper in the sight of your circumstances, what do you think other people are going to see? What they forgot, except for Joshua and Caleb, what the other ten spies forgot, was that if God gave the promise, God's more than able to fulfill his promise. And if God gave the promise about the promised land, don't you think he's bigger than the obstacles, the giants, the circumstances, the detours, uh, all these other things in their lives, these obstacles? So what happened was 10 of those 12, although they all came back and said it's everything God says it is, 10 of them began to see the circumstances bigger than God. But we have to remember, keeping our perspective, it's all about perception and perspective. You see, perception is not always the truth, but it is the truth to the one who perceives it. If we somehow in our hearts have perceived that God does not keep his promise, that God is not bigger than the giants of circumstances, detours, and obstacles, then that's exactly how we're going to begin to act. God did not call us to be the grasshoppers. He called us to follow and obey Him so that we could see Him overcome every obstacle, every detour, every giant in the way, because no circumstance is too big for God. God is bigger than the circumstance. God's bigger than any giants in the way. Now, the second thing that I noticed in Haggai 2 that God spoke to, to Zerubbabel, to Joshua, and to all the people. He says, remember his promises. In other words, if, if you forget God's promises, then how can you keep perspective and keep your perception right of where you're going? We've got to remember that God is a God that keeps his promises. Remember his promises and what he's covenanted to us, that we are a covenant people. And then the third is, do not fear. Uh, the, the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of the Christian Men's Network, used to say, that faith is believing those things you cannot see will come to pass. But he says also fear is believing those things you cannot see will come to pass. The difference is, one, is faith comes from the kingdom of God and light. Fear comes from the kingdom of darkness and the enemy, the devil. So it, that even though the, the sub-meaning uh, uh, sounds the same, they're totally different. Faith is believing those things you cannot see will come to pass. Fear is believing those things you cannot see will come to pass, but totally two different meanings that they sound alike. See, the, having faith in God is to believe that God is more than able to do what he says he can do and not walk in fear because we're not of the kingdom of fear, we're of the kingdom of God and people of faith. The fourth thing that he reminds him is his spirit remains with us. So if you know that the Holy Spirit is with you, then you know that no matter what detours, what circumstances come on your life, that God is more than able to get you real calibrated, realigned, the spiritual heavenly GPS to get us where we need to get. And even when we make, I know in my own personal life, when I've made some really wrong choices, because, you know, choices do have consequences, when I've made wrong choices, even as a believer in Christ, that uh, I've had to suffer some consequences. But that doesn't mean God leaves us there. Just like King David, you know, something great about David, even though in his sin, in the things he did, in his human, human frailty, God saw something about him in authenticity of intent of the heart. And God said, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because even in his human frailty, he recognized his own undoneness. And when he was confronted with the truth, he saw the truth for what it was because he did not try to justify his actions uh, uh, faced with the truth, but he began to repent of his actions when the truth revealed to him that his actions were contrary to God. And that's what God, that's not, God's not expecting us to be perfect. He, ex he does want us, though, to be a people of honesty with him because honesty is attractive to God. See, so your unexpected detour, my unexpected detours in life, it's not a time to shrink back, but it's time for us to press forward, to press in. It's time to be strong 
and to keep working, it's time to remember the joy of your salvation as we stand fast in the Word and on His promises over our lives. Now, so that, and let me just say this, because every one of you, I believe, and myself, have moments where we can step into greatness. Now, how I do that, one of the things I do is every day, as I've shared before, one of my first prayer times is thanking the Lord for the joy of His salvation, which I know is, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but the joy of His salvation to remind me of the moment of when I did not deserve His grace, but He poured out His grace upon me. So when I can remember that moment, no matter what obstacles, detours, disappointments, disillusionments, whatever happens in my life along the way, I can always look back to that one great moment where Jesus revealed Himself to me at that very moment that if I don't forget that moment, then He can take me through all these other challenges that come along in life. Life has its, its detours. Life has its disappointments. Life has its heartbreaks. Life has its moments of brokenness. But the reality is God doesn't leave us there because we have a God that gave us a promise in that work of the cross, power of the resurrection. He gives us a promise, and He takes us to a place that we know is a place of promise that He intends for us regardless of what detours come along in our own personal lives or even what choices we have made uh, right or wrong. He still has not given up on you, and He's not given up on me. See, these circumstances can cause us to doubt His Word in our lives, but if we stop and reflect on the landmarks of His faithfulness in our past and what He has already done, we will begin to see a thread of His faithfulness that remains steadfast. The Apostle Paul experienced many unexpected detours while serving the Lord. He recounted some of them while he was exhorting the church in Corinth to stand firm and in faith when things did not go the way that they expected. Three times, he says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-five through 28 he says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleepless, in sleeplessness often, uh, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Second Corinthians 11, verse 25 through 28. Can you imagine uh, all these things that were detours in the Apostle Paul's life, unexpected things. He, he set out excited to serve God. He got a revelation on that road to Damascus, on that, that Damascus road experience where God just uh, did a work on him. And, and uh, he came out, he was knocked off the animal and God revealed to him and said, Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? He says, I revealed myself to you with a purpose, this purpose, that you might, that, that you might be a witness and a, a, a witness and a minister of the things you have seen and the things you have not yet seen. In other words, every one of us have our, our Damascus Road moment. Every one of us have that moment in our lives where God just shows up in our lives, our, the, our eyes open, our hearts open, and we recognize, wow, He's real. The work of the cross of the power of the resurrection is real. And at that very moment, God gives you and me a renewed revelation of his, who he is, but number two, he gives us a purpose beyond ourselves, a purpose greater than we could have ever imagined. He calls us all to be witnesses and ministers of the things we've seen and the things we have not yet seen. 
What is a witness? There are false witnesses and, and true witnesses. Proverbs 14.25 says that a true witness rescues lives. We're called to rescue lives and to save souls. And secondly, what is a minister? A minister is not just a person who gets behind a pulpit, but we're all called because we've been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. We've all been called to be ministers of reconciliation. And you know, what do we need more today than ever? We need to be the church who are reconciled to God, who cross our racial, denominational, and generational lines to be the ministers of reconciliation in a generation that desperately needs to be reconciled with one another and ultimately reconciled to God. So God is calling us for a higher purpose by these divine uh, 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 inter, uh, interventions in the midst of our unexpected detours. So Paul realized God was directing him even God was directing him even through his circumstances into a greater purpose. They they were they were often just uh, or or I would say not they but I would say that these were often divine interruptions to take the gospel to places that would otherwise be left out. Uh, I've got I'm gonna cut it off and go on to a next podcast here in a little bit, but I just wanted to encourage you today: don't let your unexpected detours be a distraction to you. Just get recalibrated, call on your heavenly GPS for God to redirect you. But let me tell you a story of a dear friend. In 1990, I was invited by a group called Vets with a Mission uh, to go in January 2nd of 1990 to go do some humanitarian work in Vietnam. Obviously, by that time, it had not been opened up yet, communist Vietnam. Uh, There was still a lot of darkness there and uh, considered themselves still a Marxist regime. And uh, But there were 17 uh, Vietnam veterans who uh, were getting healing in their lives. They wanted to go back and work in a polio orphanage, build medical clinics, and, and do humanitarian work. And also for some who had been su- uh, suffering from survivor's guilt and PTSD, as we've called it now today, uh, they wanted to go back and, and go to places where uh, many of their friends had been killed and they, were, they had guilt feeling, why, why did I live? And so it was a time of healing for many of them, and I was asked to go as kind of a chaplain and, and to be with them. And uh, while I was there, I met some uh, incredible people. And one of the people I met uh, oversaw over 20,000 people uh, in what we would call it like an underground, or it's not a, a recognized church movement. But they had to go at one. He used to be a, a CMA, Christian Missionary Alliance pastor, before Vietnam fell uh, to the communists uh, in 1975. And so he was told that he was not allowed to talk about uh, the second coming of Christ uh, he was not allowed to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, things like that. And he felt deep conviction that he had to speak the truth and speak the Word of God because he was not um, uh, he was not beholden to government first. He was beholden to the Lord, who all governments rest upon his shoulders. And so uh, because of that, he was under a lot of persecution. And uh, I'd met him and many others that first trip that had been in uh, some had been in prison 12 years, some in nine years hard labor camp. Uh, he had been in prison and out of prison three years, uh, not because they did some sort of horrific crime, but because they were under conviction to speak the word of God and to, and to present the gospel to their people. And because of that, that was their crime, because they were not putting communism first. They were putting the gospel first. And so as a result of that, one time, um, after a few years that he'd been in and out of prison, uh, they were putting him in a house arrest, 
And uh, his daughters had gotten over to the U.S. and was graduating from Christ for the Nations and Dallas Baptist University, and I'd stayed in contact with them over the years. And I went in and out of Vietnam working with various uh, humanitarian works there as well as working with some of the uh, churches there. And so I, I knew that his daughters were graduating. Well, he ends up leaving, walking uh, through Vietnam, through Thailand, to get to, uh, to get to Dallas, Texas, because he wanted to see his daughters. He and his wife then came to Houston, Texas, to visit with me at my office. And he told me about what he did. He had walked many, many miles, got, went through his country, another country, to, to get to an airport, to get to Dallas to see his daughters. I said, Pastor, now that you and your wife and your daughters are here, and you know that when you go back, you'll be arrested, just stay here. You don't have to go back. And he looked at me with very sober eyes, and he said, and very convicting, he said, Doug, I've thought about that, I considered that, but if I do not go back, the church of Vietnam will become discouraged. But when I go back, and when I'm arrested, the church will still continue to grow. And I thought about Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he says to live is to uh, to die is gain, and so uh, to so to live is to die because to live for Christ, you die to your own desires and self, so that there is true life that comes, and that was true gain. And I thought about that. I thought here is a modern day to me Apostle Paul who gets it, and so he did. He went back. He did get arrested. Uh, thank God he's he's doing well. He and his wife are still in Vietnam. They're ministering to so many across that country. But his legacy lives far beyond that moment of his own temporary uh, detours or distractions or disappointments or seeming what seems to be obstacles in their lives. But the church continues to grow. Another pastor friend of mine, when they put him in prison uh, in a communist country, um, they thought it would dissolve his churches, but instead, teenagers began to step in while he was in prison. He went from prison to prison for, in hard labor camps, but the churches continued to grow, and house churches began to grow, and the gospel went forward. So be encouraged today that no matter what you go through, God has not forgotten you. No matter what detours, no matter what unexpected detours, or delays, or distractions, or disappointments come, God has not forgotten you. Remember, God's working on your behalf with divine interventions, and because He is going to be able to take you to the place He wants you to be, and you'll walk in victory because you are the head, not the tail. And God is with you, and if He's with you, who can be against you? Amen? God bless. Don't let unexpected detours keep you from keeping your vision of destination and knowing God's working on your behalf. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.